you know, figure out what you want to tie first. Always start out, you know, what fly do I want to tie? And, um, you know, a lot of people want to start out tying 50 different types of flies. And I, that, that's, you know, learn on one, you know, always start out, figure out one fly and then, you know, get the tools that you need specifically for that fly um, and the materials and, and have at it and have fun, you know. That was Sean McQuaid with a tip to help you get started on the right foot in fly tying. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Before we get going here, I wanted to give you a heads up on a new survey we have going for the podcast. Uh, you have a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card if you take this survey. Head over to wetflyswing.com survey and, uh, and take the quick survey. It only takes a couple of minutes there, and this helps us guide the show into 2022. A bunch of different questions, and it's really focused on partner companies who we're going to be working with in the next year. So I'd love if you could take a moment to do that. I want to thank you in advance for taking the survey, and uh, yeah, and uh, good luck. Uh, we've got actually got a couple of Amazon gift cards to give away, so uh, check it out, wetflyswing.com slash survey. Thank you again in advance. I want to give a quick shout out to at Full Swing Fly Fishing on Instagram. Uh, Full Swing recently posted a nice uh, comment on a post we had about casting and a little tip on his spay cast. Uh, please head over and say hi to Full Swing Fly Fishing on Instagram if you get a chance this week. You can uh, get a shout out if you leave a comment on any of the posts on Instagram this week. If you see a post, just leave a comment and, uh, and I'll try to get you in for a little shout out on the podcast. Thanks again, Full Swing. Uh, looking forward to staying in touch with you. Sean McQuay, the McFly Angler, is here to save you some cash and simplify the process in fly tying. We find out which fly tying bench he really loves, which substitute materials he really uses, and which is the only nymph you'll ever need to tie. So, without further ado, here is Sean McQuaid, the McFly Angler on YouTube. How's it going, Sean? Doing well. How are you, Dave? Good, good. Thanks for thanks for coming on uh, this morning. We're gonna we're gonna dig into a little bit on fly tying. You have uh, what seems to be one of the big one of the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but one of the bigger fly tying channels out there. It seems like you see channels that are you know below ten thousand. I think you're in the above forty thousand range. So I'm gonna talk about how you got to that point, uh, and then a little bit on supplies and maybe your home uh, area where you fish, but. Um, Start off with uh, fly fishing. How did you first get into fly fishing? Well, um, I've actually conventionally fished most of my life. I worked on uh, some charter boats, uh, taking people out. I lived in California and I did that out of uh, uh, Dana Wharf sport fishing in uh, Dana Point, California, uh, when I was you know, in high school um, as a summer job. Um, I've basically been fishing my whole life. Uh, and I, I, down in Texas as well, I worked on some boats as a deckhand for a while and, and doing stuff like that um, when I moved down there. And then uh, I picked up a fly rod uh, while I was down there and hooked into a redfish and it was, it was over. I, I, I don't, th I mean, a few times I've picked up uh, conventional rods, but there's just something about that connection with the fish. It just, it was amazing. So 
started doing that. And then we, uh, we moved to Colorado and obviously fly fishing is at home there. So started trout fishing and, um, getting really into that, uh, yeah, New Mexico and Colorado and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, kind of where I got into it. So, and it sounds like, you know, a similar story to a uh, mini where you get that first experience and, and the redfish I love because that's something we've been digging into, um, you know, on this recently had John Mauser on that dug into uh, like a red fishing, you know, step-by-step. Step. Um, but now you're, are you now in Colorado still? No, actually I'm back in Texas. So, um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So my wife actually did travel nursing for a while. I've always worked from home. Um, I did uh, web development and stuff like that before. Uh, I got into the YouTube channel. Um, I, uh, uh, always work from home. So we just moved around every three months. It seemed like for a while, my, you know, my wife did, like I said, did the travel nursing. So it would be three month contracts, moved to the next place, which was cool. I got to fish new spots and whatnot. Uh, but then we moved permanently to Colorado for about three years, four years. And then we moved back down here. Um, and we've been here for about two and a half years. So. Gotcha. And, and is Texas, is that kind of, it seems like that's kind of, is that where you have family and all that stuff there? Yeah. So my wife's family is from San Antonio mm -hmm. nice. and, um, my family is actually from California. So, um, at the time Colorado was kind of like right in between, you know, you could visit, you know, a, a day's drive to California and a day's drive down to Texas. And we were right in between could visit family oh, back perfect. and forth. So, yeah. 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 Colorado is, yeah. It seems like Colorado is that place. It's like IFTD was there last time, you know, they had IFTD and it seems like it's the fishing cap. I mean, I would say capital of the, of the country, but it's definitely a hot spot. What do you notice between Texas and Colorado as far as fly fishing? Um, oh, it's totally different. It's di um, totally different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's some trout fishing here in Texas for sure. Um, I think the Guadalupe right in, uh, you know, that goes right through uh, San Antonio, kind of. Um, they stock it with trout. But then again, it gets so hot in the summer that, you know, I mean, there's some holdovers, but it's not, it's it's good. It's really good fishing in the in the winter, but it's, you know, it's, it's not Colorado. Um, Colorado doesn't have any of the warm water. I mean, there's some bass fishing, I guess you could say, and a few small lakes and whatnot, some, some uh, uh, smallmouth, you know, um, but but mainly it's trout. I mean, it's you know small creeks, uh, stuff like that is really what I focused on. Dry fly fishing, really really tiny creeks where you could jump across. You know, it was just gorgeous up there. There you go. There you go. Cool. Well, I wanted to dig into a little bit on the McFly Angler, your YouTube channel, because that's like I said, is a is a huge channel. I'm curious what what uh, what got you going? Why, why start the the McFly Angler? What what get, what you know kind of got you inspired there? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, I had a buddy that tied flies and, uh, I, I had just gotten into fly fishing. Well, yeah, uh, I just gotten into fly tying at the time and he was like, Hey man, uh, you know, it's really tough to kind of explain things cause he, he lived down here in Texas and he did some, you know, flies for that's who got me into fly fishing for redfish. Um, and so I was sending him like trying to ask some questions and whatnot on how to tie things. And I figured, you know, I'll, I'll just for fun, make a YouTube channel. I can upload kind of what I'm tying, send it off to him, you know, as a quick, like, this is what I did. You tell me what I'm doing wrong kind of thing. It actually was more for me. Uh, and you know, after a little while, um, I ended up really 
putting a lot of effort into it and um, got, I wouldn't say amazing, but got pretty decent at tying flies. And my buddy's like, why don't you just make these live where other people can see and maybe build a YouTube channel? And I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I did, and I uh, started getting, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, wait, there's there's some money in this. I'm making a little bit of money doing these, and it's fun, it's enjoyable, and, uh, you know, so I started doing doing it quite more often and, you know, once a week type of thing on fly tying and making a video and um, ended up taking off, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I learned as I went and uh, learned with my subscribers, and, I you know, uh, that's really where, where it came up. Yeah, I love that you said you kind of did it for yourself at the start. I, I think of some of the things that you know I've done here with the the podcast and website, and and uh, you know one of them is like the transcript. There's this great, great service called Podscribe that transcribes your entire audio, and, and not only that, but you can search the transcription. It's just a really killer transcription service, and I I held off on doing it, and finally did it mainly because I started first because I wanted people to be able to read it, obviously. But then I use it all the time for searching. I'm like, man, this is great. If anybody ever has a question, I just go in and search the transcript and it pops me to the exact location. Um, so I kind of hear what you're saying. It's it's amazing. So you start out more as for yourself, but now it grew and you're making some money on it. Is it something, I mean, how, you know, how much bigger do you, when you think of this channel, do you want to get, or is it more about just kind of helping people learn about fly tying? Yeah. Um, main thing is helping people learn about fly tying. I, I wouldn't be doing this if it was for the money. Um, YouTube, I don't know if any of you guys know, um, anyone that's watching or, or you yourself know, but YouTube is not, not a, it's not a full-time uh, business. It, I mean, it is for me right now. Um, the, you know, I kind of focus more on this now, but it's not like a big money maker. This is not something you can get rich off of making YouTube videos. You got to get like a million views a day to even think about any kind of major, uh, income. Um, but, uh, you know, I was before this, I was doing, uh, you know, graphic design and web development and oh, wow, yeah. Things start, yeah. And things started moving into people getting it done in other countries for a lot cheaper and it was really hard to keep up. And, you know, I ended up moving into this full time, uh, about two years ago and stopped doing my other job. Basically this became my nine to five. Um, there you go. <laughs> but, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love it to get huge. I mean, that would be great. I'd love to be able to get, you know, 100,000 subscribers, 200, 300, whatever. Um, but in YouTube, I, I can't really specify due to their rules. They don't let you kind of talk about how much you make, but I will say it's not, um, you know, unless you're making a million views a day, um, you're not making a ton of money. But, you know, now I've got some sponsors. I've got, uh, um, I do sell flies, so that actually is quite a bit um income with that selling flies that's actually my main source of income with it so oh yeah selling flies there you go yeah that's it so this is cool and, and i mean i think that you're just you know you're you're reinforcing what we've talked about you know with many of the fishing and tying companies on here is that yeah it's it's not the fly fishing it's a tiny space and it's you know it's not going to make you rich but if you can you know kind of a lifestyle business sort of thing right if you can make it into that then it works and uh you know, it's really cool to hear because I love hearing the stories where you're you're kind of on it, you're in on it full time, so you can serve your your uh, subscribers more. Um, so that's a great story. Thanks. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no. So I I wanted to 
we might circle back around. I, I'm always, I love the the nerdy YouTube stuff, but let, let's circle, let's circle back just to more of the people listening that, you know, thinking about fly tying, you know, somebody here listening is probably tied some flies. Um, maybe they're, you know, not experts or whatever, but I'm going to dig into some, some tips there. Uh, but describe your YouTube channel, just starting off more like what is, when you think of your channel now, how would you describe it, that elevator pitch to somebody? Like, what, what do you do? Is it more fly tying? Is it more reviews? What, what's it all about? Sure. Yeah. Um, basically, my main thing is going to be both the, I, I, I film myself fish as well. So, you know, I have an actual like show where I'm going fishing kind of like a um, river monsters style, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I go out and film myself fishing. I would say that. And then the fly tying videos, probably the main ones. Um, I don't do a ton of reviews. I do some, um, but I'm really picky with my reviews. So, uh, obviously I do a lot recently with risen fly, um, because I mean, they they are my sponsor, but, um, I'm really picky on not only quality, but price as well. Um, I think a lot of my subscribers, they're not people that want to go spend a thousand dollars on a fly rod. And so <laughs> yeah. they, uh, you know, so I'm doing, I, tr I try to find budget brands that are also really good quality. I, I don't want to, you know, market some junky stuff. So if I do a review, it's got to be, you know, I'm really picky on those reviews. Um, I, uh, uh, but mainly it's going to be fly tying and fly fishing. That's, that's really what I do on the channel mainly. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That will, and that fits in just in line with what I'm thinking of kind of a, uh, a focus today with, you know, fly tying tools and supplies and kind of the, more of the background stuff. There's so many topics, you know, I was thinking about today, what could we dig into? I've got actually, um, I got Cheech from fly fish food coming on, uh, on Monday. And, uh, and I think we're going to cool. dig into some on like nymph, you know, nymphing and tying. And I'm sure you sure. could probably touch on everything, but just to focus this thing, I wanted to touch on the supplies. So you mentioned your reviews. So maybe we can start there as far as the reviews. What, um, you know, in the past, I'm not sure recently what you've done when you think of uh, the supplies or the tools. What, have you reviewed anything you want to highlight? A long time ago, I had a Anvil. Boy, I forgot the the name. It was their rotary. Um, uh, it's, I'm, I'm getting a blank here on the, the actual sure. name of it, but Anvil was a company. I'm sure anyone that you can look it up and you'll be able we to We can link it, out but, to um, one of your old, if I, if I look yeah. out one of your first <laughs> tying videos, it'll be there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I used to use that. Actually, my very first vice was a non-rotary, uh, um, Dynaking. And it was, it was a good vice. I got it used on, on eBay and then I switched to the Anvil and now I've got a Renzetti Traveler. Um, it's a C clamp. It's not a base. Um, so actually I set it up with, I've got an Oasis benches compact bench. So it basically, it screws right onto there. Um, and it holds all the tools and spools and anything that you need. Um, it's a pretty cool little setup and I love, I love that setup. Um, but yeah, I, I just the Renzetti Traveler is what I use now. Currently I've been using that for about two years, two and a half years. Um, and I love it. It's great. Um, I will say, Going up to like a four-aught size hook, it kind of gets a little tough to, to use. But what I like about it is, you know, I tie it sometimes down to size 30 hook. You know, I mean, really, really tiny for midges and whatnot. And uh, they, there's enough room there, and it holds it pretty well. Um, you know, I don't even have to use the 
um, midge draw, uh, jaws, you know? So, oh, wow. um, yeah, I just little, little toughness with some of the really larger hooks, but I, I rarely tie anything four odd or bigger. So, yeah, so that's good. So the Renzetti and then, and you mentioned the Oasis bench. I'm glad you said that. I was kind of thinking of like fly tying desk or bench. So that Oasis, I'm not totally familiar with, with that. Is that just, um, is that like a, a thing that you set down on a desk sort of thing or what, what is that? Yeah. So, um, Oasis Benches, the, it, he's a woodworker, uh, the guy that owns the company. Um, ever since I got it and I did a review on it, then he contacted me and I've been actually working with him. He's sending me, you know, he sends me all, you know, stuff for me to look at and review and whatnot. It's good stuff, really high quality, um, a little pricey, I will say, but, but again, quality versus, you know, it's, it's worth that for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically it's just, um, a bench that holds like all your different tools has little holes in it to stick your, you know, bobkin in or your, you know, bobbins or your, uh, you know, a a bunch of spools, you know, spool holders for, for thread spools. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice because you can actually pick it up. And so I can take it in the living room, you know, I'm watching my kids or the kids are watching TV. I can go in there and tie. I don't do it too often. Um, try to stay actually a little more peace and quiet, um, in the other room. But, uh, if I need, I can move it around the house. Um, it's pretty cool. It's, it's a nice little setup. Oh yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. I, um, yeah. So it's just flat. So when you sit on, uh, on the couch, say you could just lay it flat, like a, like your laptop was on your lap. Exactly. Just right on your lap. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, I'll have to follow up. And I had definitely have heard of them. I, I think back to my dad. My dad had a fly shop way long time ago, you know, when I was a kid and stuff. And I remember he was selling these. This is probably in the probably in the eighties. Uh, he was selling uh, what looks very similar, right? He had a, a local guy making something that was that was kind of like that. And yeah, that's cool to see those are still around. Are there? Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess that's one company. How many companies do you think out there are making like that? You you know, out there that are making the same sort of product now. Um, there's a couple, um, some are, you know, plastic, some are, you know, I mean, uh, for high quality wood ones like that, I, you know, probably handful. I don't, I don't think there's a lot. Um, I've seen some like on eBay and, you know, Etsy or, you know, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people that kind of custom make their own, um, and sell them, but, uh, you know, as actual companies that are specifically making stuff like that for, you know, just a few. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't know okay. the exact number. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, let, let's keep, uh, let's keep going on this. Cause I want to put together a list of some of the stuff you use just so people can, you know, maybe we could chat yeah. about it a little bit. So, so after the vice, what, what do you think? Like as, as far as tools, if you're putting together a package of tools for somebody, what's the next biggest thing you think of for fly tying? Obviously you need a bobbin holder. Um, you need thread i mean that's more material but um that would be you know that um and really all you need uh depending on what fly you're tying i mean all you need is a vice uh a bobbin holder some thread and uh maybe a handful of materials and hooks i mean that's really kind of technically all you need now i would say i probably have ten thousand dollars worth of fly tying materials and tools and all that but you know that's built over time and I, you know, luckily I get some stuff for free. Some people send, you know, companies like, Hey, I got this new tool, try it. So I've got some stuff, you know, um, to, that they want me to review or whatever. Uh, 
but I mean, I've purchased vast majority of it myself. Um, I do get some discounts in some places, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you can, you can start off really simple, uh, but you can, I mean, there's money in this and you have to spend a lot to really kind of tie almost anything out there and which, which I do, you know, it's, I'm a custom tire, so. So we got some tools here to, to, to dig into a little more. I'm just curious. I want to go down that, um, the materials track just for a little bit, because I mean, obviously there's tons of fly shops around. I mean, and I always try to highlight a local fly shop where I can, um, for sure. but, uh, you know, if somebody is just wanting to get materials, where would you tell, if you're just thinking online, I mean, there's tons of local fly shops that are online as well. What, what do you think? Where do you get your materials? Where would you send somebody if they were wanted to get started, starting off getting some good materials? Sure. Yeah. I always say, uh, go to your local fly shop first. Um, you know, I I get a lot of people asking actually that exact question. Like I'm just getting into it. What, what do I need? What should I get? Um, I I usually give them a list of basic materials and stuff that they should get, but I always send them to the, to their local fly shop. Um, you know, it's really important to be able to promote these fly shops, um, especially, (laughs) This last year with COVID, a lot of people weren't going into shops and whatnot, and they just need the business for sure. So I'm, you know, 100% for that. Now, there's some people that don't live near one or it's, you know, maybe might be too expensive for them to buy everything at the fly shop. So there are some online. Um, I I would say kind of where I really built um, my channel, where I got a lot more views was when I started finding some of these, you know, alternate materials, if that makes sense. So uh, one one place that I was going to is uh, Fly Tires Dungeon. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had um, we've had the Fly Tires Dungeon uh, founder uh, on the show wait, uh, quite a while ago. So I'll put a link yeah, to that. Show. Yeah, so I started off using a lot of his materials. Um, I mean, nothing beats EP Fiber, but their uh, um, Congo hair, I think they call it, is... Boy, I mean, it's close. Um, it's not exact. There's definitely some things that, you know, make EP a little better, but um, it's it's darn close and it definitely works. And so, you know, I, I found a lot of the people that subscribed to me really appreciated that I was using something that cost $2.75 versus $9 for a pack, you know, or whatever it may be. It depends on the fly shop selling it, but, um, you know, they really appreciate that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm big on using other, you know, anything really i i've used just household stuff you know i mean that's where what mop flies came from people were you know and so oh, yeah. yep. you know I'm, I'm i'm all for that i'm not necessarily you know spe- specific on having to use that but if i am going to get something that's very uh you know more than name brand um one of the fly shops i work with right now is called Dooley's fly fishing and they're an online shop um and they they do have a brick and mortar um, I think in Illinois, I want to say, um, but they, they work with me and they give me a little discount. They also actually give my subscribers a discount, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have pretty much anything that they need that you would need to tie flies. I also get a lot of my hooks and beads from risen fly, which is also one of my sponsors. Um, and they have good deals. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, and yeah, I, I've got a few places that I get discounts from. I can't name them specifically because the you know if you're on their pro thing they don't like you kind of discussing but a few few name brands that you know i can order directly from that i i will you know get some discounts and whatnot so gotcha that's awesome no those are those are huge tips uh what is your i'm just curious now that you're in texas 
Uh, what's the closest? Give a shout out to your local fly shop. Is there a, is there one nearby you want to Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's not much actually in San Antonio. I think there's one fly shop that I, I've been to like twice. Um, and it's, it's good. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it, it's small. It doesn't really have very much in the way of fly tying. Um, then there's Bass Pro Shop that's here, <laughs> which oh, wow. isn't, yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of selection there either. But um, Living Waters Fly Shop up in Austin is really, it's an amazing fly shop. It's really, really good. So um, they have, I mean, they're, they're, they work with whiting a lot. So they've got, I mean, huge wall filled with whiting. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's like kidding, kid in the candy shop. When I go in there, I'm like, oh man, this is gorgeous. So, uh, but they, yeah, they do a lot with fly tying. Um, and they're, they're a really good shop, really amazing shop. A lot of, a lot of really knowledge, knowledgeable people there. So. Oh, perfect. 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 Yeah. I'll, I'll put a link out to the, to them as well. And we have a little spot, a wetflyswing.com slash fly shop, where I highlight a local fly shop and I try oh, yeah. to, well, they're great. I try to do the same thing. Yeah. We all love the, you know, obviously that's a huge part. It's um, it, actually, it's one of the cool things about the fly fishing. You know, when you look at the outdoor space, it's um, it's fairly unique. I think what, what, what we have going. So, so that's great. Um, well, let's sort of go back around. I, I want to probably the materials is something I love the Congo hair tip by the way, and, and things like that. So we maybe get more into materials, but I'm just curious back on your, uh, your tools. So scissors, are you, uh, what do you got there for scissors? Do you have like a bunch of different types of scissors, one brand or what do you use? Yeah. So I've got probably 25 scissors right now. Yeah. Some of them are, you know, older that they've gotten dull now. And so I use them for, you know, cutting, uh, you know, things that I wouldn't want to cut with my nice scissors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got a whole host of them. Um, my, actually what's funny is my wife's a nurse. And so she gets the, you know, small, you know, scissors from her work sometimes after they've used them a few times and she brings those home. So I've got some of those for, you know, curved, you know, scissors for cutting, whatever. I, I don't know, suture scissors, I guess they call them. I'm, I'm not sure. I've got some of that. But um, actually lately I've, again, touching on my sponsor. I'm not trying to just push that, but I really, I really like risen scissors. I mean, they make their own. They're, they're pretty. They're, you know, blue handle, um, really nice, comfy, and, and ridiculously sharp. Um, when I'm tying, when I'm fishing with, um, sorry, when I'm tying with uh, like, fine thread and small, you know, a smaller fly. They have these uh, spring-loaded scissors that just fit super comfy in the hand and they're really fine little tip on them so you can get in real tight. I use those quite often. Um, they've got some razor scissors, some regular, you know, like like you would see with, uh, what is it, Dr. Um, Dr. Slick. Dr. Slick, there we go, I've, I, which I've got some Dr. Slicks, of course. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm not one to go spend $90 on a pair of scissors. I just, you know, um, but you know, and I, I've, I've even got some like Fiskars that I use sometimes for like hair and whatnot. So, you know, I'm not stuck to a specific brand, but if I, if I am using picking up scissors, I say right now, 90% of the scissors I use is probably the risen scissors. So. And I like the fact that, you know, because you know, your, your audience, your subscribers, you know, that they're not the, you know, paying the top dollar and that's great because that's, that's your audience. Just like here, you know, we've got people and, uh, the same thing. Right. And I try to always serve up something that they're going to like. And, and hopefully this is, you know, this is one where people are, maybe this will get people into the fly tying. And, and like you said, you've got a great channel. So that's what this is all about. They can go check out, check out 
McFly and, and learn about some of this. So, and, and that's my keep, thing. Yeah. It's like a, a lot of people, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah, go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. I find a lot of people want to get into it and they find that it it's too cost prohibitive. And so, you know, they'll be like, man, I can't just go drop like $300 right now on advice and materials and all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I, I'm big about trying to find, you know, something that people can get into. And if they want to upgrade later, then by all means, you know, but, um, you know, I don't always push the most expensive vice or the most expensive tools. Um, to start off, you know, I mean, obviously you want something that's not going to break on you that is good enough quality that you're still going to be happy with it. But, um, you know, I, I, for me, I think getting someone to start into it is the biggest hurdle, you know, and so... Let's think of that. Let's think about that, Sean. Then um, I think that is an interesting track to go down. So if somebody here is listening right now and they're more, maybe maybe they are that newer tire, right? Maybe they're just getting started. Let, let's talk about that. What? Because that's another. If you go back to the vice, that's always an interesting thing. Because you know, can you get a good vice for under a hundred dollars? That sort of thing, right? There's all the the old Thompson A vice. I mean, what would you recommend if somebody's coming in? They don't have a vice. What, where do you direct them? Um. I think it depends on the person, obviously, and kind of where their budget is. What if it's like a hundred or less? If there's a good vice or less than a hundred, what would that? Oh, be? sure, yeah. Um, I would say eBay. Go get some used. I mean, you know, very rarely do vices break, especially better quality brands. So if it's if they've got a hundred dollars to spend, I mean, they can get, you know, mine, a Renzetti Traveler, or they can get, you know, a a Dynaking, or they can get a, uh, you know, they can get all these higher end name brand vices that are good quality that will last for a long time. They don't feel like they have to upgrade, um, on eBay. A lot of times for under a hundred dollars. Um, but if they're going much less, you know, I mean, there are some 20, $30 vices. I mean, you know, you can get them and, you know, if they really, really need some budget, um, I think, uh, even dualies and some other, these online fly shops sell some for, you know, um, 20 bucks or whatever, 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. What is the difference between a $20 vice and say one of those hundred dollar vices? Like what is it just, are there more features? Yeah. I, that is a great question, Dave. I, uh, I've not used a $20 vice, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you. And I have, I actually okay. have, I have a bunch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know, I mean, I always go back to the Thompson. There's a bunch of vices companies, you know, they're probably sure. from China that, that made these things that look just like a Thompson. And yeah, I mean, what the, what it has is the it's just more cl- uh, clanky, you know. It's like the the yeah. the, vi- the jaws you have to adjust, and you know, I mean, like you get a good Regal or any of the ones you probably talk oh, yeah. about, and it's just easy, right? It's, although my kids, you know, my kids are seven and nine, and like I have to help them put the hook in the Regal vice, right? So that's a kind of a hassle. So I should probably yeah. give them a Dyna King or something, but so I think that's it. It's just ease. I think it's ease, and probably. The thing's going to last a lifetime. Maybe the other ones, there's going to be some function that might break. So I don't know. That's my take on it, probably. Sure. Yeah. And you know, I mean, different things like having a rotary feature is is something that's usually considered a higher end. So you're going to pay a little more. Um, you know, but yeah, definitely ease of use. Um, I will say that I like um, cam operated. So you know, if you know, you basically put the the hook in, you just press a lever, and it clumps down. It's really quick and easy and you can adjust it with like a little screw like my Renzetti. Um, I like those because they're really quick to kind of adjust and put a hook in. Um, I know a lot of people like the Regals because again, it's just, you open it up, you stick the hook in, boom, you're done. Um, so, so those types of things, you know, definitely for someone that 
is like me that ties, you know, hundreds of flies a week, you know, that that can save, you know, the time savings on even just one, you know, we're talking two, three seconds each fly can actually, you know, be a lot of time over over the week. Um, so yeah, I would say ease of use, but for someone that's just starting, that's going to tie maybe five, 10 flies a week, if that. Yeah, just I mean, Yeah, I mean, do they need it? Not necessarily, but if they get really into it, that's why I always, you know, spend as much as you can on the vice, um, you know, don't, you know, I, for me, and that's why I always recommend like used on eBay because you can get a good vice for not as much money and, you know. Just, so. just like these, um, yeah, just like anything, you know, I mean, I can't remember who it was. I had a guest we were talking about, um, you know, the millennials, right, or whatever. We're, you know, there's plenty of millennials that are listening to this right now. But, um, sure. you know, how they don't have a problem. He was saying they don't have a problem going out and buying a pair of $800 Sims, you know, G3 or whatever they need, right? Where yeah. back in the day, you know, that's a lot of money, even to me. Like, I think, damn, yeah, I mean, that's a ton of money for <laughs> yeah. waiters. There's probably a pair of waiters out there that don't cost $800 that are probably pretty good quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's budget. It's all your budget. So let's, let's stick on. So let's go back. So you got the scissors, you mentioned a couple. So it sounds like those risen scissors would be a good budget scissor to get if you want to get something fairly reasonably priced. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're right about the same price, maybe a little less than like Dr. Uh, um, Dr. Slick and they, uh, but they're super sharp, really good. And, and, you know, again, I, I get a discount with risen and all my subscribers do. So it actually makes those quite a bit less. Um, expensive, um, and, uh, for, you know, my subscribers and me and how would they do that, Sean? How do they, so if somebody comes onto your YouTube channel and they subscribe, how do they get that discount? Oh yeah. Um, they, they actually technically don't need to be a subscriber of mine. It's just, um, basically I'm advertising for them through it. So, um, they type oh, in gotcha. the, uh, the discount code McFly when they're ordering from Risenfly. Oh, so, okay. McFly. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So that's a bonus. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, people, I mean, it's not hard to hit the subscribe button. So usually if they're watching the video. Yeah, we'll subscribe. We're, we're going to. We're going to send like, you know, I want to send everybody that's listening now over and uh, check out your channel and just click that subscribe button. Because if you're on Google or whatever, it's easy to do. And why not follow somebody who's got a, a good channel like you have? And it sounds like you're all focused on um, on the uh, subscriber, which is the way you should do it, obviously. What what um what else? Let, let's keep going down this list. I always think, you know, you mentioned bobbin, thread. Um, you can get into other stuff like head cement, you know, bodkin, things like that. But yeah. what, what is the bobbin? Does the bobbin matter? Like what do, what do you use? And then what's a, what's a good bobbin if we stayed on that budget sort of track? Or, or bobbin's cheap enough, it doesn't matter. Sure, yeah. Um, definitely for a bobbin, try to get something coated on the inside, like a Teflon coated or, uh, you know, at least if it's not coated, then then something really smooth. Because you can get some of these like cheaper bobbins that, like the steel that, you know, they've got like burrs on the end, it'll cut your thread. I mean, you know, uh, you don't need to spend a ton of money, but they're, you know, definitely make sure that um, if you're getting one, you know, it's it's decent. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, can, can I just go, I see for $22 or whatever on eBay, it's got all the tools I need, it says, and, and that's good, you know, go ahead and get that. But I almost guarantee, you know, most of those, not, not everyone, but most of those, if they get into it and they start tying flies, they're going to want to upgrade those, all those tools within, you know, a couple months. So, I mean, it's kind of like, 
you know, do you spend the money now and then keep it forever? Do you, do you get something that's going to give you frustration and then have to upgrade later anyway? So, um, what is a, what is a name? If you want to just throw out a name brand, somebody want to just pick up a, a, bo- a bobbin, what would sure. you I've got, I've got a, um, stone foe. I think I stopped, stop, stop, oh, yeah. sto- I, I don't remember how to pronounce it, but it's their Bob tech, I think is the name of it. I like that one. I use it a lot. It's adjustable. So you can adjust, um, you know, the, the strength of it, kind of like the right bobbin, um, where you can adjust the strength, but it's a different, different way. Um, personally, I like that better on um, the right bobbin with only one side with the, uh, I re- the way I rest my hand on it, it just doesn't fit in my hand quite well because there's not two sides for the, for the wire to kind of hold the spool. Um, and so this one allows you to adjust that, you know, how, how tight it is. Um, pretty easily while the spool's on. You don't have to take it off and kind of bend it or whatever like some of these others for that bob tech. But it, um, I like it that has two two metal sides so I can actually rest my hand correctly. Uh, so okay. it's just a small thing, but everyone's yeah, no, different. Yeah, that's good. You know? That's good. Well, and we talked just a, a few things here, but we, we've also got, you know, thread other, maybe uh, just describe other stuff. I'm not sure if you're at your table, at your desk or near it, but what, what other things would be on that uh, fly tying tools list? Like, you know, not the basics, but go more than the basics. Go like everything you use. Sure. So um, toothbrush um, oh, yeah. or, some, you know, you could, uh, I do a lot of streamers. So a lot of times I'm brushing out the streamer. So a stiff, you know, bristle toothbrush, or you could use like um, a gun cleaning brush, like, a, you know, if you want something a little more, more uh, yep, rigid, you know, stiffer. with the, like the wire. Yeah. Um, you know, again, back on brushes, I've got just a regular plastic, um, like comb, you know, mm-hmm. like that you can get for like 99 cents at Walmart. There you go. Um, I, I've got some, uh, material clamps. So hold on, let me grab oh, one yeah. second. Yeah. So Hairline makes these, uh, so if I'm doing streamers, like with a lot of hair, I've got these, they're, um, it comes with like two of them. Mm-hmm. It's a, basically like a hair material clamp. Um, so you can grab all of it and you can stick it on like a, a dubbing, uh, loop or, you know, put it onto a, uh, um, a dubbing brush, you know, if okay. you're going to do that. Um, then if you're going to do any kind of hackle or anything, you want hackle pliers, right. uh, you know, they make a couple different kinds. I really like personally, um, there's a Tiemco, uh, mm-hmm. one that has like a little rubber tip on it. So it, it doesn't slip as, as often. I like that one. Um, but I've got a couple different kinds, uh, but it really depends on what you're, you're tying. So, you know, someone that is going to tie nymphs. Yeah. As I was gonna say, what if you're tying nymphs? What if you're tying, some what like a stone fly let's just take that let's say we're tying a stone fly have you ever tied one of those short wing i guess that's more entomology but let's just say or just think of the most uh, general stone fly nymph what would you need for that sure um so i mean it's simple i mean you just need a bobbin holder with some thread um you know and uh for materials i mean what kind of thread do you like to use Oh yeah. I, I like Vivas thread. Um, it's super strong. Um, and I noticed like some of these other threads, I mean, you know, they're, they're strong, but then if you kind of nick your, the tip of your hook or you, even if your fingers, some of these, like if your fingers are 
rough. Like, <laughs> like when I lived in, in uh, Colorado, it's really dry there. So, you, you know, your fingers get like, you know, rough, like pretty easily. And you can actually cut the thread or at least fray it, you know, with your fingers. Um, just, just simple, you know? Um, and so I, I like the Vivas. I, I rarely ever have any issues with Vivas. And, and, uh, um, so I like them, but you know, I, I'm not particular. I mean, Danville makes great thread. Um, UTC makes great thread. I mean, all, all these, you know. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. No, that's so you, you're. I think we got a, a good list here. The other couple things I was thinking about were like a, a hair stacker and maybe head cement. Oh yeah, what, no, what? I definitely, I definitely use those. Um, so I've got the regular standard. Um, boy, who who makes it? It's like the blue one. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the blue one. That's uh, who is that? Gosh, uh, Griffin. There we go. Yeah, Griffin. Griff, yep, Griff, nice work. Griff, something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, they uh, just the regular standard size hair stacker stacker then i've got a larger one i'm forgetting the name brand yep for um, like time like um, uh, what would that I be like say Umpua. yep yeah but you know i got a bigger one for you know larger flies you know usually like um if i'm doing uh um hair stacking more or less um or spinning uh deer yep. hair or whatever um for like muddlers and whatnot do you do that stuff? Do you do the, I always think of the, you know, the fugly packler, you know, we had a couple of like uh, Cohen, you know, we had yeah, him on yeah. a while back. Do you, do you get into that full on the deer hair, like, uh, or an elk hair where it's got the huge, where you're stacking all that hair? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've pretty much tied just about every technique out there. I mean, some I'm better at than others. I will say, Deer hair stacking, I'm I'm okay at. I can do. Um, it's definitely not my. I'm I'm not the most versed. There's definitely people that are way 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 better. Um, like Pat, it's Pat, Pat Cohen, <laughs> me, right? Do, but, you, you've seen Pat Cohen stuff. Oh yeah, I mean there's there's some great great guys out there doing it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not as in on all the uh, all the good tires, but yeah, you, you could. Uh, you've probably got a bunch of. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you could look at your mentors, right? I mean, when you learned, when you first got going on fly tying, is that? Oh, yeah. Do, do you remember um, that? Do you remember who you were, some of those people that early on influenced you? Yeah. Uh, so mainly it was mostly online where I learned. Um, now I worked at, you know, a couple fly shops after I really got into it, um, who the owners and, you know, people that worked there really helped kind of help me hone my my skill a little bit more you know more in, mm -hmm. you know in person kind of help but i would say people like davy mcphail man i mean oh, that yeah. guy is is amazing Huge. um you know i there's just a there's a lot of great tires out there so you know i'm not i've never been able to kind of go take classes anywhere i've kind of taught myself mainly throughout mm -hmm. most of the time um when you, you know, think of davy the i mean there's so many there's huh? so many, yeah, there's so many tires out there. And just like I said, I got Cheech, yeah. uh, Cheech coming on soon or, you know, this week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but Davey McPhail is when I think of, especially like dry flies, cause I'm not oh, a good yeah. dry fly tire. I've never been, I never was, you know, I just never put in the effort to become a good, but so when I see that, it blows me away. Uh, when you, you know, you think you're, I'm not sure how many dries you've tied, but how close do you think you are to Davey McPhail's uh, level? <laughs> I got, I got a long time, man. Um, yeah, you're not even, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. <laughs> Do you tie orders for like dry, like think of those really, uh, the cat skill style and all that really 
technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done it. I've done it all. Um, I, you know, I would say my main thing right now. It's it's funny. I, I tied a game changer. I'm sure you're familiar oh, with yeah. that fly. Yeah. A while back, and I posted a video um, of it moving in the water and stuff. And I mean, I would say that's probably my main fly that I'm tying right now for orders. I I had after I posted that video. Um, I mean, I probably had. 50 orders within like two weeks i i you know i'm like four months behind on on some of those um so i would say that's my most popular but i definitely do i mean i tie i've tied orders down to size 30 midge you know and then dry flies and all that stuff i definitely do that and i'm i'm not saying i'm the best dry fly tire out there i mean I, there's definitely obviously david mcphail and some you know quite a few others um some really amazing guys um out there that do way better than me, but you know, I can, I, I think I can do pretty good enough to, to, you know, pass for a, for a good, good enough fly for someone to want to buy. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, no, that's, that's, and, that's and cool. Going, and going back to kind of where someone wants to start, I don't mean to jump around, but oh, I just yeah. thought of something when, when Go someone asks me like, Hey, so I want to get into this, obviously it's the vice it's, you know, but I always ask, you know, what, what is your skill set? What do you want to tie? Like, are are you going to be streamer fishing? Are you trout fishing? Are you nymphing? Are you dry fly fishing? Are you saltwater fishing? And that's usually what I ask first. And then um, almost every single time, if they're streamer fishing, I'm going to tell them, start with a woolly bugger. Um, so if you want to tie something and they go, well, I want something a little more fancy or whatever. Everyone has woolly buggers. I'm like, well, you know, if you start with that, you know, you only have to get hackle. You got to get... Um, chenille uh you got to get some uh marabou and some flash and that's all stuff and then obviously thread that's all stuff that you're going to be using on other flies as well and so you're not loading up um you know but learn with that fly and that's the thing is that fly the woolly bugger teaches you other um skill sets that you can use for other flies so you know, palmering the hackle or, you know, trying to do touching wraps with the chenille or how to lay the, the tail on correctly with, you know, the marabou and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It teaches you, you know, pretty much most of the techniques you're going to have to learn um, for most other flies. And that's why I always suggest that one. If they're going to be um, nymphing, you know, I always suggest, you know, figure out which nymph that you use the most and just do one. So pick one fly learn that, get all the materials for that fly and just tie a bunch of those flies and learn. And then if you want to later, that, that cuts the cost down because you can go and get these packs that have all these different materials you might never use. But if you know specifically, I'm going to tie a uh, um, zebra midge, then you know you're getting beads, you're getting hooks, you're getting thread and you're getting wire. And that's, you know, and that's it. Or if you're going to tie something a little more complicated, you know, um, or a dry fly, you know, you got to get hackle or whatever. And you know, that's, that's all you're getting. And then when you decide this is the next fly I want to try, then a lot of those materials usually you can use for this other fly. You might need to get some more. Um, but that way you can kind of take it in steps and not trying to drop hundreds of dollars right away. And that's usually kind of where I set people, you know, 
That's perfect. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, let's uh, as we start to think about taking taking it out of here. If you um, you know we've been on this this tools track a little bit. We talked a little bit about materials. I'm curious. You, you kind of mentioned the Congo here. Some alternative materials. Are there other alternative materials that you know we think of that you think of that that are pretty common or you might highlight that? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, what are the you know what are the tool? I'm not sure. Are you are you seeing shortages shortages with COVID in supplies right now? Oh yeah. Yeah, um, I, I would say one of the biggest is going to be hackle. I mean, whiting, I, I use a lot of whiting. Um, I mean, I like Mets and I like all these other brands, but I mean, whiting's the best, really. I mean, we all know that it's expensive, but but it's good quality. Um, it, it's tough to get some whiting in right now, um, especially last year was really tough. I mean, I think they, from what I heard, that they, they had to like, knock off a couple of their birds because they didn't have um they didn't have people working for them and so they they couldn't process a lot of these birds and so now there's this shortage of hackle i would say that's one of the biggest shortages shortages um uh beads i mean a lot of these companies um that even the name brands have to get it from other countries you know they get them produced in other countries or whatever um, and that was, that was struggling with COVID, right. You know, in the last little bit, um, to get anything in, you know, and so, yeah, there's definitely shortages for sure. I haven't seen a lot of that because again, I've got so many materials that, you know, I can find something that, that will work. Um, uh, but there's definitely been a few people that are like, no, I want this specific color, this specific, you know, material. And I'm like, I- I've had a couple of times where I'm like, I-, I can't get that right now. Um, sorry, you know, but mostly I'm okay, but I definitely to get into this starting, I mean, there's, you might have to pick and choose what materials you're going to yeah. So it's still right <laughs> now, use. it's still a little bit tough. Uh, COVID still hanging on with as far as getting materials. Yeah, I would say, I mean, writing's coming back. There's definitely been some more. Um, and there's uh that's what I've noticed the most of that's usually kind of, um, you know, the biggest difficulty in getting, um, but you know, definitely it's coming back. But for now, I would say, for sure, I'm noticing some shortage. I mean, you can, if you're willing to shop online and find them, I mean, you can find anything anywhere, but um, you might pay, you know, ridiculous amount in shipping or, you know, whatever. So what's um, on those materials? What are a few other, when you think of maybe alternative materials or something people don't think about, you mentioned the Congo hair, what would be some other materials similar to that, that maybe are not quite as expensive, but you can get them that, that kind of do a similar job? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm not really stuck on, you know, name brand. I mean, granted, I'm going to use it if I, you know, if I can, but I'm fine using some other stuff as long as it kind of gives the same outcome. So, you know, you can order online foam, like if you're a foam fly fisherman, so you're tying like, uh, you know, grasshoppers or whatever. I mean, you can get foam sheets online, um, a whole lot of it depends on how much you're going to tie, but you can get a whole lot for sometimes the same price as one little tiny pack um, of just, you know, a two pack or whatever of small little swatch, um, you know, stuff like that. I mean, uh, there's a lot of materials that you can get more in bulk. I mean, if you're willing to do that, that's the thing is, are you going to use all oh, that bulk? Oh, bulk, um, I see. What if you take a couple of your YouTube videos? I'm not sure. If you want to think all time or recently, some of your most popular videos that are like tying related, what, which does anything come to mind there? Well, um, so uh, Fathead Squishy Streamer um, is probably 
Yeah, one one of the last, uh, I'm sorry, one of the first videos to kind of hit big was that fly. So I was using, again, alternate materials. Um, I was using Fly Tires Dungeon. Um, it's a dry fly dubbing uh, called uh, Bullfrog, I think. And it's, um, and I mixed it with some of their flashy material, kind of like a uh, ice dub, but um, they call it Starburst. And again, discount. So I think it, they it's like a dollar, dollar 25 a a baggie versus, you know, three or $4, depending on where you go. Um, and I'd mix that. And then I, I basically where I put on the hook, it made kind of like a teardrop, sh a drop shape, but it was all dry fly dubbing. And then I coated, um, the head with uh, UV curing resin. Um, by the way, that I would highly recommend if people want to get into that, definitely get some UV curing resin, but this stuff was, um, like a flexible UV curing resin, almost like not sense, you know, um, but it's made by uh, Solarez and um, it's their flex formula. And I brushed that over the top and made kind of a cone on the front. And then if you fish that on like a, um, a sink tip line or with some lead in front, it really bounces around because that dry fly dubbing wants it to, it kind of holds like a, a bubble in there. And then you've got the, the coating on the front um, for, you know, that, that resin coating kind of made almost like a, like a shell and it just bounced around over uh, on top. And it kind of gave some really cool kind of side to side jerk action, almost like a jerk bait, um, when fished that way. And so that was a really popular video. I mean, I think that one, I mean, it definitely has over a hundred thousand views. Um, and it, for a long time, that was one of my most popular videos. Um, uh, for fly tying, um, of recent, uh, I did a game changer video and that, I mean, in in a month it got a hundred thousand views um that was really really popular um you know but you know, I've, I've done pretty much anything from size 30 midge up to you know big big giant streamers um you know for saltwater or you know pike or whatever and so i've done a host of different stuff but i would say probably those two are my most popular for a long time i was doing a lot of craft fur streamers which uh got really popular um, those for some reason had a lot of views. Um, What's craft for like, what would it be a craft for streamer versus just a regular streamer? What makes it a, oh, I mean, just, I mean yeah. the same, same stuff, just, uh, craft for flows a little different. So has different properties as like bucktail or whatever, you know, else that people are used to using for streamers, um, flows a little differently. So, you know, it's just a little different on how I was tying. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a specific technique. Um, cause I mean, there's a host of different flies that you can use it for, but, um, for a while I was using that quite often and that got really popular, but that, that was in my early days. I mean, I was just kind of, you know, practicing and, um, experimenting with materials and whatnot and trying to find new stuff. Some people really like those videos for some reason. Um, let me see if I can pull up. Uh, yeah. 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 Pull up. Let's, let's hear I've it. got, I've got like 600 videos. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, to... So have you, are there, are there videos out there that you've totally forgotten? Like you might watch and be like, Oh God. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Or do you, do you remember them all? Like they're oh, yeah. yesterday. I, I, I forget a lot of the videos actually recently I had to go through with one of my other videos. I was doing kind of like a, actually it was, I guess a couple months ago, but I was doing like a, highlight video of my fishing in Colorado. So I was having to watch all the, all the videos of my Colorado chip trips. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. That was an amazing fish or, you know, I had totally forgotten. Like, <laughs> that's right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean that, I would say, 
you know, I gurgler. Um, I did a gurgler video that did pretty well recently. I mean, these are just my top, um, woolly bugger video. Funny enough. I mean, that, that one has over 150,000 views for some reason. Um, it's just simple woolly bugger. Is that a recent video that you did or is that an older one? No, that's boy. When did I make that one? Long time. Um, yeah, it was, uh, 2017, I think 18 around there. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, this one's funny. It was a nymph. Um, I called it the only, you know, it's, it, it's not just the quality of the flies. It's also, I mean, with YouTube, it's, I, I try not to do clickbait, but you know, there's a little bit having to do with what you name it. So I named this video, the only nymph that you need to learn. And for some reason that got people wanting to click it and watch it. So this one has, I think about a hundred thousand views and, um, it's just basically, it's a kind of a part again. Um, it's just, just, a I, I did a whole bunch of different fly styles with, um, just basically a jig hook with a tungsten slotted bead and just showed the different ways that you can tie it and, you know, in similar, similar style, but different colors, different materials or whatever, and kind of, that was, that was pretty popular. Um, so yeah, I don't, yeah. So you got a lot, I mean, we can, we, I'll put it, obviously we'll have links out to that and maybe we can just kind of, uh, I'm just going back to the game changer just to kind of wrap up this. I'm curious what, um, and the game changers mostly, uh, what's the main, are there any alternative materials? Is that pretty standard on what you use to tie that thing? Yeah. Uh, game changers always, I mean, they started off, I think the first ones was, I'm not sure exactly what what the originator had used for a material, but I want to say he probably used like a dubbing loop and then um, put in some kind of fiber, probably EP fiber or something like that. And then, you know, if you're unfamiliar with the game changer, it's just segments, um, segmented basically tail on it that you attach onto the hook. Um, and so it moves freely in the water, it kind of back and forth. Uh, has a lot of really good action in the water. They're, they take forever to tie. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, they're probably you know forty five minutes to an hour each fly. Um, so they're they're definitely not a wow. simple fly. So that's but, what uh, takes you to tie one fly. It takes you forty five to an hour. Yes. And how do you it's a long time. how do you do that when you tie that fly and you're doing it for an order? I mean, it seems like you'd you'd have to charge a hundred dollars per fly to. No, I, I keep it low. Yeah. Um, I actually sell these. Uh, depending on the size of one, um, $17.99 each, uh, so or so almost 20 bucks yeah, or up to, up to like $20 each, depending on the size and whatnot. Um, but yeah, um, since that, um, so he started with that, um, since then they've come out with different materials, um, specifically for game changers. Like they have a chenille that is just like, you know, stiffer fibers that, um, you can, wrap around that basically it's just kind of it's they call it game changer chenille um i use that quite often that's what i used actually on this video um and then you can do like feather game changers they're uh, pretty popular i'm just getting into kind of those kind of trying to perfect it before i make a video on that um but they you know basically using different size feathers as you go up to give like a taper to you know for for a fish uh you know bait fish shape kind of um, but yeah, no, I mean, game changers are, 
you know, I, I think they sell them in like a Bass Pro Shop, for instance, for like $34 each. I mean, they, they, even even those, and, and we all know Bass Pro Shop gets their flies from China. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, even the, even the it, pretty much everywhere is selling them for pretty expensive. I try to keep the cost low. Yeah, but, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, 17 bucks sounds like a, a, a steal given the time yeah. to make those. Okay. For sure. Well, this has been good. I think we've jumped in to a number of places and, you know, I think if somebody's new and they're listening to this on the flight tying, you know, it gives them a good starting point. And like you said, don't let, don't let price get in the way because it sounds like if you were new, you know, if you had to get a $20 vice or a $30 vice and a few materials, the woolly bugger, just the basics. I mean, you could probably just get started with, you know, a hundred bucks probably. Is there a, what about a kit? Do you recommend any kits out there where somebody can just go in and get? I know, I think probably everybody has them now, right? I mean, is there is there something you would? Yeah, uh, there's there's a couple that are okay, but a lot of these that are kits that I would recommend. Um, like obviously, we know the name brands. Like Doctor Slick makes great tools, and so Doctor Slick's kit, I think they have one. Um, you know, but I think they're like sixty bucks um, just for for the tools, and we're talking just a a bodkin. Um, you know, I again, I'm not. This is off the top of my head. I'm not hundred yeah, percent yeah. sure. We won't, hold, we won't hold, you, hold you to all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, again, I don't really research kits too often because I, I have enough um, of my own right now. Um, but I always don't recommend kits because you know people when they're ver- first starting, they're not necessarily going to use all the tools. Um, you know, I, I always recommend um, you know just get get your own bodkin, um, uh, bobbin holder. Um, you don't even need a bodkin. You can use like a little, uh, um, just like a, yeah, toothpick a needle or if you need. Yeah. 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 Or like one of those mini screwdrivers that you use for like fixing glasses or whatever. I mean, you know, don't, you don't need to go and drop all this money if you don't want to. I mean, some people really want to kind of specify, you know, what they're getting into. If you have the money, then do it. But I would say, you know, just go simple, uh, get the bare, bare minimum that you need, um, to start out, um, and, and don't get the kits because a lot of times these kits, especially the ones that come with materials, I always find that a lot of the stuff is lower quality. And so you're going to want to upgrade later anyway. Um, there are some higher end kits, like I said, like Dr. Slick, but then you're going to spend money anyway. You might not use the tools right away. So, you know, figure out what you want to tie first, always start out, you know, what fly do I want to tie? And, um, you know, a lot of people want to start out tying 50 different types of flies. And I, that, that's, you know, learn on one, you know, always start out, figure out one fly and then, you know, get the tools that you need specifically for that fly um, and the materials and and have at it and have fun, you know. I like that. I like that. So basically, yeah, if you are just starting out, figure out where you're at. If you're in Texas and you're fishing like this, you said the Guadalupe, maybe there's some trout species or maybe you want to start with nymphing so okay figure out what bug you could tie that could catch some fish and maybe that's a you know who knows maybe that's a woolly bugger start simple get the materials for that one fly the hooks and then uh and then you know as you master that or whatever then you can move on to other stuff and just take it slow right you're not saying go out there and buy you don't have to spend five hundred dollars on to get a bunch of capes and saddles and all that stuff no, I mean, if you're obviously, if you're specifically dry fly fishing, I mean, you know, and that's all you're going to tie is dry flies, then yeah, I mean, you're going to want to pick up a cape or two. I would say, you know, if that's where your route is, then, um, you know, what you want to do, then, you know, 
figure out what size first, you know, of fly you want to tie. If it's a size 16 Adams, then, you know, uh, you know, get the capes that you need for that. You'll just need either a, a Cree or a brown and a grizzly cape and um, go at it, you know, and have fun and uh, just get enough for one one color, one size, or, you know, maybe a you know, small range of sizes. Um, a couple packs of hooks and if you need beads or whatever, it depends. But yeah, don't go and buy, you know, 50 different capes i mean you you, you spend a, a fortune i probably don't even have 50 capes no. myself so <laughs> no, no, that is the spendy stuff we had uh we had tom whiting on in a past episode i'll put a link out to that uh, one it was really interesting because he is definitely a super nerd scientist uh you know geneticist he's uh, yeah. he's awesome so i'll have to get him which back is on. amazing yeah just amazing yeah. yeah you know that story a little bit it's it's cool so yeah, so I just wanted to wrap up. I think we've done a good job giving somebody, you know, whether it's, you know, just getting started or even if somebody's been tying a good a good resource here. Um, what would you, what else would you say if you had to say, you know, another good resource that's maybe not your own right now? Is there, you know, if somebody want to learn about fly tying, we talked about Davey McVale, is the best place just to go watch people tie flies or is there another resource where people should, you know, um, check out? Yeah, I mean, I've never done it, uh, but... Most fly shops, um, for instance, I know Living Waters right up the, the road from me. Um, they do like, uh, um, oh, there's Orvis here too. I forgot about oh, there's that. Orvis. There's an actual Orvis shop. And they, you know, both of those, um, the Living Waters and Orvis itself, they do fly tying camps. So, you know, you go in, you know, I, I don't know the, the exact days, but um, they have yeah. a schedule of you can go in and learn. And I think that's really good because you can have hands on and, um, mm -hmm. you know, someone sitting in front of you tying and then you can always ask questions and it's direct. It's not, it's not just watching a video and you trying to figure it out yourself. So it's really helpful for, you know, starting, I would say that's a really good resource. Um, there's a lot of great YouTube channels, not just mine that, that do teach. So, you know, maybe go to one of those camps and, you know, one of those classes or whatever they call it, um, depends on the, yep. the shop and, and learn, you know, and they'll usually teach you one or two, you know, specific flies or maybe a technique. And then you can look up, you know, that fly or that technique online. Okay. And I mean, there's, you know, YouTube has so much. It's I mean, it it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And you can learn that way. Um, the other thing would be, uh, you know, if you have any friends that tie, um, have them over for a beer or something and uh, be like, hey, help me learn this and I'll give yeah. you a beer or whatever. I don't know. But like, That's right. I think... I think specifically hands-on, seeing someone do it right in front of you um, is probably the best way to learn, uh, you know, but that, but again, like I said, YouTube has a host of different um, abilities. So, um, you know, different videos that you can learn. YouTube's awesome. So. Um, cool. And what about, we've been doing a little random one here. This is kind of fun for me. I always think, you know, when you're, fly tie, when you're tying flies there, do you listen to music or podcasts or what, do you have anything going on in the back, in the background? Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm editing my videos, no, I, I, I've got to focus on that. But when I'm tying flies, yeah, I've got, um, I really like Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you've heard of him, but, no. um, okay. So he's a psychologist and I, I, I just like his stuff. Um, so this is a podcast. Yeah, it, kind of. Yeah. He does YouTube and he does podcasts. Um, that might alienate a few of your viewers. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's, I wouldn't Why say he's that? political, but some people kind of think of it, but, but, um, I watch him a lot. I like his stuff. Um, he's very, um, very smart guy. Um, so I'll listen to him because it's not something I have to actually visi visibly watch. I can listen. So yeah, you know, podcasts, um, 
you know, uh, sometimes I'll even have uh, YouTube um, like fly tying videos going that I'm just listening to the person, um, you know, glance sometimes. But yeah, I have music. Um, what's your what's your music? If you had to say a, a band or a type of music that you like to listen, what would be the first? If you had to choose that, what it, what is it? Ooh, um, one of my favorites is Mumford and Sons. I'm kind of a I'm a eclectic man. I, I I don't I don't like super loud music. I've got kids, and so um, young kids. And so they're loud. Um, a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of, you know, crying and craziness. <laughs> how old are, how old are your kids? Uh, seven and, and four. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've got, I've got nine yeah. and seven. So we're, I know the seven year old, you're in a good, a good place. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's a real good kid. Um, but he has, uh, some learning disabilities. And so, um, you know, it makes it, uh, uh, it makes it a little more difficult. So things are hectic. And so generally with music, I, I've, when I was young, I used to listen to, you know, real loud, like hard rock and, you know, Metallica, whatever it may yeah. be, you know, real, you know, and now I just, it's like fingernails on the chalkboard for me because my life is so hectic. You don't um, I like something right. mellow. And so I listen to mellow music now um, when I do, but silence, silence, man. That's silence uh, is good. Sometimes, Meditation. sometimes it's just nice to, if they're not here, I sometimes don't listen to anything. I'm like, Oh, this is I nice. Know. So, the more you, the more <laughs> you hear kids, about, but. exactly. The more you hear about the gurus talking about, you know, health and wellness and stuff. I always hear it, you know, I'll be listening to stuff and they'll be like, it'll be funny because they'll be on a podcast and they'll say, yep, you know, definitely just silence, keep the earbuds out. You don't have to be listening to stuff all the time. You yeah. know, that's, that's actually healthier, but uh, we do have a little bit of a, a Spotify channel uh, for this podcast guest that I've been trying to add uh, episodes to at uh, wetflyswing.com uh, slash music. So I'll put a, I've, I think Mumford and Sons, one of our guests already mentioned them. So I think they're already on there, but I'll, maybe I will add uh well, would you want to add anybody other than if I do add Metallica, who else should I put there for you? Um, so I'm, Again, I, silence has been my main thing. And so yeah. um, rarely, like if I'm in the car, I've, I um, need to breathe is another band. Okay. Um, they're yeah, more right. of a religious band. Uh -huh. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm religious myself. So um, great. I listen to a lot more kind of, I would say, religious music than mainstream. But yeah. um, uh, need, need to Breathe is one of my favorites. Again, it's, it's all that same kind of like eclectic, uh, you know. Yeah. Kind, kind of, of a, banjo, like you know, yeah. stuff like that. Which is great. I love the banjo. The banjo is probably my favorite instrument when I think about it. But uh, you know, I, I love I love the diversity. That's what I kind of is fun because I think we had the um, uh, the CEO of Orvis on per Perkins, and I asked him, and he told me some band. You know what I mean? It was like I hadn't even heard of, and it was old school. So there's a there's a good mix of uh, so I'll check it out of the channel I'll, I'll add uh, I'll add one for you there Sean um, but as we wrap this up just in the next uh, kind of year six months to a year anything new coming for you or the channel you know you want to highlight for us um there's something in the works so I am trying to expand from YouTube um, with possible bigger. Uh, network. I, I, again, that's about all yeah, I can yeah. say about it. So like um, it. the ability for my show um, to be more on a wider scale, if that makes there sense. So I'm working on something there. I haven't uh, worked out all the details, but been talking with some people about that. So um, from from a specific company, and uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, 
I don't think I'm ever going to lose the YouTube channel, but I'm definitely looking at trying to, uh, or when I say lose, I mean get rid of it. I'm not going to stop doing the YouTube, but I think there's something that I might be able to actually do a little more kind of on a broader scale. So on a broader scale. I'm definitely trying that. Um, I just signed up for, uh, what is it called, uh, Patreon, yep. which a lot of people on YouTube do. I never did up until recently, and um, but I just did that so I can kind of like connect a little bit closer with some of my subs. So I just did that. Yep. We'll see how that goes. But there you go. you know, I get a lot of people asking specific questions, and they'll want kind of one-on-one -on -one help with a fly. And um, kind of makes it difficult with 42,000 subscribers to do one-on-one -on -one with everyone. Um, you know, can't spend an hour with every single one of my subscribers. I just, I'm only one person. So that's, that's going to allow me to kind of, uh, you know, prioritize, you know, the ones that sign up for that and kind of be able to give more one-on-one. -on -one. So basically, kind of like somebody signs up for your Patreon, now they're in your your group, they pay a, a fee, a small fee to get in, now they can get a one-hour coaching call from you or something like that. Yeah, yeah, whenever they want, however they want. Um, again, uh, so that's that's something that I wanted to do for a while. Um, that's but, awesome. And I've been trying, you know, like with Instagram and, um, and Facebook and all these private messages, sometimes just commenting on my video, I'll try to answer as many questions as I can. And I will, um, and I'll continue doing that. But um, you know, sometimes it'll be like, okay, guys, so we're we're a half hour into this, and I've got a lot of other stuff to do. I got to get back to filling out orders. Um, I'm sorry, maybe you ask your local fly shop, you know, which is great, and I want them to do that first and foremost. But some people just don't have that ability, so um, to go to a local fly shop. So you know, I'm trying to do the best I can to facilitate that for them so i think i think the patreon i mean it all makes sense it's just you're yeah you're adding value you know it's not like you, you know you obviously you don't have to look at like you're taking money because it's like those people they want they want to go deeper right with what you exactly have. yeah and that's that's cool so okay well i think that's about anything else uh, sean you want to before we get out of here that we missed i mean i know obviously there's <laughs> we could talk all day on one any one of those topics but um do you feel like we covered the the tools and, you know, kind of supply some of that stuff fairly well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a whole host of different supplies that you can get different tools, different whatnot. Um, I mean, you can get, you can get something for, you know, Everything. 10 different, yeah, 10 different things for one specific, uh, uh, purpose. Um, but again, I always just say go simple, especially if you're just starting. Um, if you're not just starting, you've been doing it for a while, I mean, heck, I've got tools that, you know, I rarely ever use, um, but, you know, sometimes they are nice to have. So, I mean, there's always something that can make things easier for you. Um, but again, it doesn't mean that you have to have them. So, yeah, uh, start off simple is probably my main main recommendation. Start off simple. I like that. That's a good, uh, that's a good uh, tagline. So, okay, Sean, we'll uh, McFly Angler on YouTube. We'll send people out there and I'll put links to all this, obviously, like we talked. And yeah, thanks for taking the time today and shedding some light and helping uh, some of our listeners get a little uh, insight on what you have going. And uh, yeah, until we catch, uh, catch up again, we'll talk to you then. All right. Thanks, Dave. So there you go. If you want to find all of the links, everything else and show notes and everything we covered today, head over to webflyswing.com slash 262. 262 will get you there. If you get a chance, please uh, click that subscribe button or uh, on Apple uh, Podcast now. It's a little plus in the upper top. It's even smaller. But if you click, if you click that plus, it'll get you uh, get the next show delivered to your inbox. Um, 
This is uh, the best way to find out uh, which show is coming up next. And next Tuesday, stay tuned next Tuesday, if you click that plus button on Apple um, or a subscribe button on, on your other app, uh, Cheech, Fly Fish Food. Cheech is here from Fly Fish Food to continue the fly tying story. This will secure the trifecta of Fly Fish Food staff. And, uh, and you'll, uh, you'll discover Uncle Cheech's uh, go-to nymphs. So check that out Tuesday. Click that subscribe button. I want to thank you again for stopping by today. And I want to say I appreciate you for sticking around and listening to the entire show. We'll catch you online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.